0: It's a Wednesday, and even though there may be a lockout with Major League Baseball, that doesn't stop the baseball news because we visit with Brian Walton every Wednesday on scoopswithdannymack.com. Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. Hey, Brian, good morning to you. How are things going?
1: Good morning, Dan. Things are going fine. Sure wish there was uh, more news about talks going on between players and owners, but we're hearing that now they've kind of lost their sense of urgency, and it. May not be until the new year till we hear of anything uh, thing happening, and it, it's a little concerning, of course.
0: Yeah, we'll get to uh, we'll get to baseball on the major league level at some point, but uh, there's always news with the minor leagues, and I, I think that's one of the things that needs to be pointed out is that business does not stop with minor league baseball, and that includes today the minor league Rule Five Draft. So, who has been protected, and and how does this work for the Cardinals?
1: Well, normally the minor league draft – well, it's the minor league the minor league Rule Five draft and the major league Rule Five draft are held together at the close of the winter meetings. Traditionally, uh, you know, the first uh, second Thursday in. Uh, December, but because there are no winter meetings because of the lockout, the major league portion of the Rule Five draft has been postponed indefinitely, and that's really the place where you know you see guys that uh, you know end up joining the Cardinals and and contribute. But the minor league phase, which are of course lower level guys, uh, there are gems that can be picked out of there. Most recently, John Brebia, who was a very good reliever for the Cards for years, was picked up that way. And the way this works, Dan, is that. 40-man roster players are, are automatically exempt all from the Rule 5. 40-man guys are protected. Then the Cardinals or any organization can name up to 38 other players that they put on a special Memphis roster for this Rule 5 draft. And those players that are on the Memphis roster can be taken in the Major League phase of the Rule 5, but they can't be taken in the Minor League phase. So beyond the 40-man roster, there's a number of 30, up to 38 more guys the Cardinals could protect who would not be available to be picked up in this draft today. But that means that there'll be a number of other players in the organization, uh, all of whom have, have created, uh, who have had uh, up to four or uh, years of minor league service, who potentially could be uh, taken by another organization. And in the minor league phase of the Rule 5 draft, which is going to occur today, any of these players that are taken are pretty much gone forever. They don't have to be returned, no matter what. The claiming uh, organization can uh, put them anywhere they want this next year. And I, if if I had to guess, what I thought the Cardinals would be doing, uh, that none of because of the, the uh, lockout, none of the rosters have been shared. We don't really know, other than the list of uh, about four dozen Cardinals who are eligible. Um, the the uh, the Cardinals will probably come into this draft looking for some additional pitching depth because we saw them, you know, go out and and uh, pick up a bunch of pitchers from the inner from the um, independent leagues last summer because of some depth issues.
0: You know, what's interesting is that uh, John Brebbia, You mentioned him and he just signed another deal with uh, the Giants, nearly a million dollars to return to them. You you don't hear about it very often. A minor league Rule Five pickup. Having this kind of success to get to the major leagues, but I guess there are certain cases, uh, Brian, that that guys have kind of slipped through the cracks for certain organizations, and you know, redeveloped themselves or redefined themselves and and found a home. But I guess those are kind of few and far between, aren't they?
1: Yeah, they really are, Dan. And it's more. This is really realistically more about depth pieces again to help the minor leagues because you know, as we've talked about before, uh, the Cardinals have you know two hundred. Plus players in the minor league system, it's pretty well understood that only a dozen or, you know, 20 at the most may ever see the major leagues, but you've got to have good players around them to play and to, you know, create the environment where all these players can grow. And once in a while, a guy who you're not expecting, you know, uh, emerges. And so, you know, rule five drafts, sometimes guys can get buried in organizations and maybe not get a chance. You know, maybe take a Nick Plummer. Now, granted, he wasn't Rule Five, but you know, Nick Plummer, uh, you know, maybe he'll get a chance with the Mets and become something. But in the Cardinals organization, he was behind so many other outfielders, there wasn't a good opportunity. So this gives the players a chance to to potentially get a second start, and for organizations to look for guys who might have been overlooked in the you know in their in the other uh, organization that they first uh, signed with.
0: There's a couple of guys I want to ask about that are of interest for a lot of Cardinal fans, and one would be Ivan Herrera, and. I gotta wonder when you had a lost minor league season for some of the players, not all of them, a couple of years ago. How it stunted development and in just you know having a limitations of what they were able to do. But you know that Yachty is coming up on his final season we think, we assume, in the major leagues. He has said that he will retire and then you're looking at Kisner potentially and then you're looking at Avon Herrera. How how far is Herrera from the major leagues and, and where do you think he starts out uh, this upcoming season?
1: Well, the thing that To keep in mind about Yvonne Herrera, and and one one of the things I want to come back and talk about when we're done talking about him as a player is his impact in this lockout, because he's a player that's in a group that's um, being disadvantaged, and so remind me to come back to that, please, but Yvonne Herrera, catcher, been in the Cardinals system for a number of years, but is still just 21 years old. Doesn't turn 22 until June, and Ivan Herrera has been young for his leagues everywhere he's played. He played Double A this last year. Spent the whole season at Double A. Had a good but not great season. Hit 17 home runs, drove in uh, 60 some. Had an OPS just under 800. But continued to improve as the year went on offensively. Uh, In September, his OPS was over 1,000, so he finished the the season very strongly, Ivan Herrera, and he continues to grow as a catcher as well. He is clearly the guy who, um, I mean, he's a top-ten prospect in the cardinal system, no doubt about it, has started to get some notice nationally, and, you know, he's a guy that would probably be considered at this point the heir apparent ahead of Andrew Kisner, but Ivan Herrera has only very, very – Very brief AAA. He got to, you know, play AAA briefly at the end of the year. But he's going to spend most of 2022 at AAA, gaining his experience. Ali Sanchez is still there, a veteran, who's also a very good defensive catcher that Herrera can continue to learn from. And, you know, we'll see what happens if there's a long-term injury in St. Louis. You know, that could move up Herrera's time frame. But I suspect most of 2022 will be uh, mastering the AAA level for Ivan. And let's face it, if he made – If he made the major leagues at the beginning of the 2023 season, I mean, he'd still just be 22 years old, which is, you know, means there's lots of years ahead.
0: You wanted me to go back to the lockout with Herrera too.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, Dan, the interesting thing about the lockout is it not only affects the major leaguers, but it affects those players on the 40-man roster. So all the players on the 40-man... So that's another, say, 14 players on average beyond the 26 that are kind of on the active roster, so to speak. And so those players, because on the 40-man roster, all four are members of the Major League Baseball Players Association, and therefore they're they're locked out. So a player like Yvonne Herrera is a, a great example of that. Brendan Donovan, Angel Rondon. Uh, guys who aren't in the majors yet but are on the 40-man roster, they're also locked out. So if this... You know, work stoppage continues on into spring training. Yvonne Herrera won't be able to come into minor league camp and play. And that could be a big deal for the development of some of these young guys, especially, as you mentioned, Dan, the fact that they missed 2020 as well.
0: Boy, I didn't realize that. That is really interesting. Um, How about winter ball update? And I I know we were talking about Andrew Kisner, the aforementioned catcher. I know he's been playing winter ball, trying to get uh, some at-bats. How about some other names that uh, Cardinal fans would know that are playing winter ball and maybe having – uh, some success, or at least what's happening with them and their various teams?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Andrew Kisner uh, is playing in uh, the Dominican Republic, and he wanted to get some more at-bats, some more experience. Cardinals certainly encourage that. It's kind of interesting. Players go to winter ball, and sometimes it's their agents that are out looking for deals. Sometimes the organization tries to, the Cardinals organization or their own organization, tries to help them you know, get placed. But a lot, this winter on the hitting side, it's a lot of the catchers playing. So Kisner's playing. Ali Sanchez is playing. Uh, Carlos Soto, who's a, a up-and-coming defensive catcher, is playing. So there's a number of guys there. the The uh, player who's our player of the week this year, we we report at the Cardinal Nation about all the the uh, pitchers and uh, players participating in winter ball, is outfielder John Torres, and he's a guy that um, he's uh, an outfielder that came from Cleveland in the. Um, Oscar Mercado trade back in, I think, 2018. And he's got tremendous power potential, hasn't advanced beyond Peoria yet, and Torres has been in the system long enough. He's one of these Rule 5 eligible guys. I'm 99% positive Torres would have been put on the Memphis roster, so he won't be – chances are very good he won't be eligible for Rule 5 today. But Torres is going to probably be at AA uh, this year, and he's playing very, very well um, at at home in winter ball.
0: Found it interesting, Brian Walton, our guest, is that uh, Jordan Walker – made the cover of baseball America. So anybody that's been following the Cardinals and certainly yourself that follows the minor leagues day in and day out, uh, we know all about Jordan Walker. He is considered one of the best prospects the Cardinals have had in many, many years. Um, and so now he's on the cover of baseball America and he's kind of bursting onto the scene. If you didn't know about him, you're, you're certainly finding out about just how good this young man might be.
1: And chances are very good that, uh, Cardinals fans in, uh, in uh, Southwest Missouri, are going to see Jordan Walker, you know, play for the Springfield Cardinals this year. I mean, he's just, you know, such a tremendous athlete. Showed both at both levels of Class A that he could uh, perform above the level of his league. That's something that you know, Farm Director Gary Larock talks a lot about. They try to challenge players early in the year uh, at a level that maybe they haven't shown that they're ready, completely ready for yet. Jordan Walker mastered uh, Low A very quickly, moved up to High A. Peoria played exceptionally well, not only hit home runs, uh, drove in runs, stole bases, um, and showed uh, a discipline at the plate for a power hitter that's very unusual in that he walked basically about the same amount as he struck out. So, you know, a tremendous year. And, you know, remember that Jordan Walker was just drafted in 2020. Uh, He he fell to 21st overall. The Cardinals had to be delighted that 20 other teams uh, passed on Jordan Walker. And so 2021 – this year that I just talked about was his first season playing ball at professional ball. He was at the alternate camp, but that's, you know, let's say that was just glory, you know, glorified workouts in 2020. So, you know, this is his first season. That was his first season. 2021 was his first full season on the field. And he's getting a lot of attention nationally. He started to appear on national top 100 lists, And I think he's going to, you know, rise very quickly up those lists. And, you know, Nolan Gorman's probably going to disappear from, uh, national prospect list as soon as he you know gets up to the majors and, and Jordan Walker I think is uh, very very close if not already at the, the number one prospect in the Cardinals system.
0: So as we talk in mid-December and we don't know about what may happen with the minor league rule five draft but uh, the Cardinals were a very very young minor league system meaning that uh, they took it on the chin in the wins losses department but they were the youngest team in most of these leagues. So I am curious, because it is about development. What do you think, as we talk in mid-December, is the strength of the Cardinals minor league system, and, and what do you think they need to improve upon?
1: Well, I think that we, you know, everybody who's followed the Cardinals closely knows the tradition of pitching and how the Cardinals have, have consistently come up with major league quality uh, pitching, despite the fact that they typically draft in the you know, 19, 20, 21 range in the draft each year. So, you know, you see, I mean, look at all the guys in the rotation past and current who are Cardinals draft picks, Uh, Lance Lynn, Michael Walker Flaherty, um, Hudson, you know, all these guys were developed by the Cardinals and were considered to be good, but not, you know, the top 10 prospects in the country and they were developed, but that, pipeline has slowed down a little bit. And what we saw, uh, be- the last few years, the Cardinals heavily, more heavily drafted hitting in the early round. So you saw guys like Gorman and Carlson and those kinds of guys taken at uh, Jordan Walker, taken early in the draft. And so the pitching, uh, didn't necessarily move as quickly. And so we've just started the, the, t- the top 50 prospects for 2022 countdown. We're at number uh, 39 was the last one we put up. So of the, of the uh, 12 prospects we've documented so far. Nine of them are pitchers. The Cardinals uh, leaned very, very hard toward pitching in the 2021 draft, and uh, you know, and I think if they were going to take any people in the uh, Minor League Rule 5 draft today, I think it would be pitching. That's the area where the organization really needs to catch up, in my opinion.
0: There was some news concerning uh, ownership with the Memphis team. What's happening there?
1: Yeah, the Memphis Redbirds, uh, folks may remember, uh, were locally owned, and they Um, took on a huge debt load when they built AutoZone Park. Now, this is like, what, 15 or 20 years ago. And that debt that was created from AutoZone Park became too onerous, and the team had to be sold. Uh, The the St. Louis Cardinals came in, purchased the Memphis team, uh, purchased AutoZone Park, well, uh, AutoZone Park then went to local ownership, uh, to the city. Uh, And uh, then the Cardinals, after several years, sold the Memphis Redbirds to uh, uh, a gentleman named Peter Friend, who is a a minority owner of the Yankees and owns several other minor league teams. The Cardinals maintain a minority ownership. Uh, Randy Boyd, who was the head of the group that ran Johnson City Cardinals, uh, the former Appalachian League uh, affiliate and several other teams is a minority owner. Well, they're apparently selling the team according to a a report from Bloomberg. There's a new group called Endeavor, which is purchasing uh, nine minor league teams and is negotiating to purchase another another, uh, group of uh, teams. And this appears to be a new model where this company Endeavor believes that they can get some economies of scale by managing uh, a large number of minor league teams in their portfolio. So it'll be interesting to see if it if this new group changes the business model of how minor league teams operate in the Memphis Redbirds but in terms of the affiliation with the St. Louis Cardinals uh that's a multiple year agreement that that will be in place for a long time and and both sides have been very very happy with that working relationship so what what you know from a baseball business side things won't change and
0: I'm gonna wrap it up with this you've got 50 days 50 nights 50 Cardinal prospects so uh you are busy leading into the uh, first of the
1: year are you not that's right. We'll, and it'll probably go on you know, into January. Uh, we'll be watching to see whether uh, our traditional winter warm-up event in the uh, Martin Luther King weekend will be able to be held. But we're going to continue to have prospect news uh, every day. Uh, 365 days a year, we'll have new content. So we're rolling out uh, new prospects on days that are other news. And uh, so so far, we've talked about some interesting prospects from Class A, Yordi Richard, Inohan Agua. Um, and and others who, uh, Wilfredo Pereira who are pitchers that maybe folks haven't heard about, but are going to start to emerge uh, in these uh, in these upcoming uh, seasons.
0: Hey, Brian, thank you so much. Uh, enjoy the holiday season, and we'll catch you up next week. Thanks again.
1: Take care, Dan.